Hi guys, Kate here for this week's uh, Primitive Podcast. We have Justin Nosef. Justin owns an oil-filled service company called Divine Energy. Uh, He's been running it for about 14 years, which means he started it at a very young age. Has a fascinating story. Grew up in Hobbs, New Mexico. And I invited Justin on. One, I wanted to hear about his background and his story and and running a company. Um, But what I appreciated about Justin and and him joining us uh, during this time is if you know anything about, you know, the oil and gas industry, you know, right now it's, it's at an historic low and going through some historic challenges. And so I really appreciated Justin's uh, vulnerability, uh, being honest and taking the time to share just from his perspective uh, what it's like leading a business through adversity and dealing with all the ups and downs that are notoriously true of the oil and gas industry. So I'm really appreciative of Justin joining us and hope you um, enjoy his story and and just, yeah, a, a peek inside what it's like being a part of an industry that's going through such rapid transformation right now. Thank you, uh, as always, for listening. Uh, really appreciate uh, you you being a listener um, and, and being a part of the Primitive Podcast. Justin, I really appreciate you being uh, with me today. Thanks with everything that you going, you know, we have going on in the world, and and very very likely your business. I really appreciate you taking some time um, to connect. And so, I'd love uh, to start out by you just kind of telling our audience a little bit about who who is Justin Nosef and uh, just a little bit about your background. Cool. Thanks, Kate, for having me on here. Um, my name is Justin uh, Nosef. Uh, we have a uh, oil and gas service company in uh, Hobbs, New Mexico. We also have a yard in Midland as well. We uh, provide haul truck services, forklift service, winch truck, uh, downhole and surface rental equipment. Um, I guess we've been doing this. June will be 14 years. So, uh, wow, man, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's that's a long time for any business uh, to, to be at it, but especially in oil and gas where things are always so up and down. So congrats on that. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, grew up in Hobbs. Um, you know, my, my entire family has been in oil and gas, uh, mostly on the drilling rig side. And I started working in it when I was uh, 16 at Patterson Drilling, um, now known as Patterson UTI Drilling. Um, worked in the shop there, started, uh, started uh, driving a truck, helping move move drilling rigs and then um uh, i guess uh a couple years later i ended up i had the opportunity to buy uh my own truck forklift and trailer and that's how we got started that's Um, awesome at what point did you realize like hey you know you wanted to be your own boss and and start your own business like you know was it just like a light bulb moment or did you just kind of luck into it or what did that evolution look like from going from being an employee to, to someone who wanted to start and run their own business? Honestly, it just happened. Just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably the best way, honestly. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. So um, how many, uh, approximately, how many oil and gas downturns have you you kind of lived through as a business owner? Because I think even even for our listeners who aren't you know real familiar with the nuances and particulars of the oil and gas industry, 
most of them are familiar enough with ups and downs just because of what they hear on the news and things like that. So how many kind of, uh, you know, booms and busts have you kind of, you know, lived through in your 14 years of leading, you know, divine energy? Well, um, this one that we're in right now was making the third bust. Uh, you know, I was Oh nine, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, and then 15 and 16, 17 now, 2020 here we go yeah yeah what what are some of the things you've learned from that i mean what you know for for, again for the casual listener who doesn't know all the ins and outs of the oil and gas industry what are some of the things that that um that you think about when you're going through you know a season like this in the oil and gas industry and like what are some of the things that that you try to learn or you try to observe as you're you find yourself going through these you know these different seasons well, I think you, um, well, for me, you know, I, I always try to learn something new coming out of it. Obviously, um, every industry will change, you know, every, every boom and bust, you know, typically the bust, you know, whenever it comes out of a bust, everything's different. Um, you know, same with oil and gas, uh, you know, so technology obviously is a huge benefit now to where several years ago it wasn't. Um, you know, uh, people, you know, um, people, less people want to be in oil and gas, you know, every time there's a bus, um, gosh, you know, Kate, um, you know, times like, you know, a bus, you know, try to try not to be so worried about it. You know, I mean, as hard as that is to say, um, it's more or less, you know, you just got to stay you got to stay focused on what you can control today um, and not so much worry about the future, you know, in a, in a situation like this. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And, and that would be true for anyone, whether they're in the oil and gas industry going through a, or a bust or, you know, when we're recording this in late March 2020, you know, and everything the economy is going through, both economically speaking, but then also just all the unknown around the coronavirus. That's really good advice in terms of you, you, can, you can only control what you can control. And that's a real calming effect when you when you really you know take that seriously and, and that's how you approach it. Do you find that there also are a tremendous amount of opportunities when you're going through a challenge like this, or is it more of just uh, just about kind of hunkering down and trying you know trying to survive the downturn? Well, um, you know, like I said, this is my third one. Obviously, um, there are opportunities, but you know, the older you get, the less opportunities you, you tend to see, especially in situations like this, you know, the, the first one, even the second one in 15 and 16, you know, you're, you're kind of naive to, um, what can really happen. And I feel like, um, that, you know, being naive, there's a, um, you know, there's just more opportunity. Um, so for me, this downturn, um, I've actually taken three of our best people and actually given them operational roles and told them, Hey, you guys go run with the operation because I feel like I'm going to be a hindrance to the company and opportunity because I'm going to always see, Hey, you know, this didn't work last time or this didn't or that didn't. So mm-hmm. I feel like you bring in a fresh set of eyes of, uh, um, uh, you know, their ability to go find what's there and let me just kind of 
sit back and run the back office stuff and uh, let them let, let them just change the dynamics of the operations today. That's encouraging to hear. I mean, that, that takes a lot of self-awareness and it, it makes total sense what you're saying in terms of like the more of these you go through, the more, you know, uh, you know, maybe it just changes your approach or, or your ability to kind of see through it based on what you've learned and what you experienced through all the other ones. So that took a lot of self-awareness. Was it, was it hard for you to do that? I mean, you're the leader of the company, it's your company, or, or was that a easy move given, given that it was important to have kind of clear vision and, and fresh ideas to, to see how you could capitalize on this opportunity? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's hard for sure. Um, I, I guess I'm more, um, I, I don't mind changing things. Um, I, I think change is always good. Keeps people motivated, keeps people um, excited about what's going on. And so, you know, those guys that are, that are, overseeing the entire operation um they've been with me a while so i mean gosh 10 years eight years and going on three i believe but yeah those guys i mean they're awesome and they can i mean they're they're i trust them enough to go do it you know yeah Um, that's awesome it's hard it's hard though yeah Sure. Yeah, no, that's good. It's, you have a high level of trust with them and, and that certainly, certainly helps. So you, you have around 80, uh, 80 or so employees. How do you see your, your, your role as, as a leader right now, as you, as you help lead your company, you know, through, through these current times? I mean, what are some of the things that you're really focusing on in terms of, of your leadership and, and what you're trying to provide to your team right now? Um, number one thing is not being um, using the word concerned instead of worried. Um, even though it kind of means the same thing, I just think it comes a lot, you know, it comes across a lot different. You know, if I'm, if I'm anxious and and worried all the time, then obviously other people will be the same way, you know? Um, I just feel like, um, like I said, it's me stepping back, just let me do the back office stuff and let those guys run with the operations right now. Um, that's my main focus today. Um, you know, like I said, Cade, the, a new perspective, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Absolutely. How, uh, how do you treat failure? Uh, you know, again, coming like this is, this podcast is primarily about leadership and, and, uh, and business. And so certainly, you know, whether it's in an uptime or a downtime, I mean, as leaders, we're always, always failing, you know, we make good decisions, we make bad decisions. How have you historically tried to to learn from failure? I mean, do you do you have uh, you know any practical things that you do, or or is it more just reflective? Like, how do you uh, personally approach failure? Um, reflective, um, reflective for the most part. Um, I think you got to laugh about it. You got to accept failure. Um, I mean, if you're not failing, you're not going to change. Um, and we live in a changing, fast-paced world right now. Right. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true. Um, how do you, how do you balance all, all your work and, and your family? Uh, you've got three kids or four kids? Three. You got three kids, you're happily married. You got 80 plus employees. You got three or four different locations. You got uptimes, you got downtimes in, in your industry. So how, how do you practically try to approach balancing your leadership, your, your work responsibilities, all the things that you face there, as well as being present and engaged with your family? What, what kind of approach do you take there? You know, um, I take my kids to school on, uh, typically on Mondays and Fridays and I'll I'll try to pick them up from school on a Friday. So try to make a, you know, I, I, 
we have an office here in Lubbock, so I'll work out of our office on Monday and out of our office here in Lubbock on Friday as well. So that's kind of how I do it. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, they can be pretty hectic and traveling between Hobbs and Midland a lot. So, um, you know, and then just spending time with them on the weekends. Um, you know, Being you gotta, engaged, yeah. Yeah, I mean, technology today, I mean, I believe it's a lot easier today to, to have a work-life balance, but, um, you know, it still can be difficult. I'm sure you yeah. know. For sure. Yeah, you have to be intentional about it. I mean, I one thing I appreciate about what you said is like, you know, you have a very intentional routine. It's Monday, I take them to school and pick them up. Friday, I take them to school and pick them up. And that that's very intentional and, and something that you could really protect. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or you just kind of have to do whatever you have to do to, to, to make things work. So, I mean, I love the intentionality of that and it makes, makes it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. What do you think have been some of the biggest personal influences on your leadership, whether they're books or podcasts or people, or, or maybe even just learning experiences when you think about your own leadership journey and, and who or what you've learned the most from what, what comes to your mind? Well, I think a uh, podcast, uh, you know, I'm not a big reader, so I'll do audio book, but, um, you know, I think it's the season of life you're in. Um, one season, maybe nothing but podcast, uh, next season, maybe more audio books, you know, once your next season, maybe, you know, individuals, um, I think you have to be open-minded to it. And I just think you have to, um, you have to be self-aware of the season you're in and what's going to, where you're going to get the most benefit. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good feedback. Um, if you could, if you could think back to your young, younger self, let's go back 14 years ago, you know, you're working for this, uh, this other company and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you have equipment and now you're your own boss and you have your own business. What, if you could go back 14 years ago, what, what types of advice would you give, you know, Justin, you know, 14 years ago as you embarked on, you know, starting and running your own business? You can't conquer the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's, the, that's true. <laughs> you know, um, be, be patient. Um, you know, no matter how big or small the company is, um, you know, you can't, you, you can't make a change overnight and see the impact tomorrow. Um, it takes time. Um, and you know, the more, the more you're, you think those changes through, um, the better off they are in the long run. You know, I've, I've learned that over time, you know, to think, um, you know, if we want to, if we want to make a drastic change in operation or accounting or whatever it is, um, really think that through and just kind of test a few areas and see if it even makes sense. Cause you know, the more people you add to the system, the longer it takes to change. And then, uh, you know, you, you end up down these little rabbit holes and you're not getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's really good. I, I, uh, I'm always really surprised at the number of people when I ask them that question on this podcast, talk about patience. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's clearly something I think, you know, a lot of leaders probably have to really think about and focus on, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard when you're trying to make things happen and, and, uh, you know, care for the business and grow for the business to, to be thoughtful and, and, and to be patient when you're thinking through most decisions, you know, so that's, uh, that's good advice. Well, um, thanks, thanks a ton for, for being on the podcast with us. Uh, it's, it's really great to hear kind of your perspective, particularly in really interesting, you know, times like this where there's so much uncertainty. So, you know, we're pulling for you and, and your people and, 
And for all those really being impacted by the economy and all the unknown, um, your people are lucky to have you as a leader. I've no doubt you'll come, you'll come out of this stronger than ever. And really appreciate you taking time today to be on the podcast with us. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kenny. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.